taken from the book of Joshua, chapter 1. If you are using our church Bible, you can find it in page 169 to 170. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses 8, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you, east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Celine, for reading, and if you can keep your Bibles open to Joshua 1, that would be great as we go through it. 
Let's pray that God will speak to us as we go through this new series and through the book of Joshua. Lord, we give you great praise and thanks for your word that even as it's written so long ago, that's relevant to us and it speaks to us. And Lord, we pray that by the power of your spirit, you would make these words come alive and speak to us so that we might become your people who obey your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder who you would consider to be the greatest leader in history. If you're an American, it's probably maybe Abraham Lincoln comes to mind. If you're a Brit, maybe Sir Winston Churchill. Uh, for Koreans, and my parents are here and a few other people are here, General Yi Jin-jin, uh, maybe. For Chinese, maybe uh, Deng, uh, Deng Xiaoping, uh, uh, perhaps. For the Jews, there was no debate. The greatest leader in history was Moses. He was incomparable. In fact, it's written in the Bible itself. So if your Bible is open to Joshua 1, just glance over to Deuteronomy chapter 34, the page right before, Deuteronomy 34, 10. This is how the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, the most important books in the Old Testament ends with these words. Verse 10, since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. And verse 12, for no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel. It's written in the Bible itself. Moses was the greatest prophet and leader. He sent the 10 plagues to Egypt. As his hands were raised, the seas parted. When he struck a rock in the desert, water gushed forth. He led people into battles. Through him, God spoke his instructions. He gave the 10 commandments to Israel. He made this unruly and complaining people into a nation. There has never been a prophet like Moses. But then he dies. After 40 years in the wander, wandering in the desert, he dies at the precipice of entering the promised land. They could see it, they could smell it, but he dies. What do they do now? How long are they to mourn? Are they to flounder without this great leader, Moses? That's the context of the book of Joshua. And it says in verse 2, no, they don't flounder. God just speaks to Joshua. Look at what he says in verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. It's as if Moses' death doesn't matter that much in God's plan. Right? It didn't factor in. God just simply says to Joshua, you go. You and the people go. But if Moses couldn't lead people into the promised land. How is Joshua supposed to do it? Well, this chapter makes it very clear. As great as Moses ever was, it wasn't Moses or it wasn't Joshua. It wasn't their abilities that were going to lead them to the promised land. It was God himself. God was going to do it. Look at verse 2. Who's about to give this land to the Israelites? God says, I am about to give this land. Verse 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot. I will do it. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life implicitly because as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Joshua can be strong and courageous because God is with him. God is going to accomplish this plan through him. And really, this promise 
is God's promise, right? Uh, the verses, uh, verses three to five, that promise um, the land is just a reiteration of the promise made in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, and fulfillment of God's promise made to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and to Moses. So if Joshua is to succeed, he needs to lean on God. If you look at the instruction in verse seven and on, it's a little bit strange. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it, left to, uh, to, from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful where you, uh, wherever you go. If you think about it, it's a kind of a strange instruction to give at this time as he's about to face battles, his enemies and fortified walls. He's about to go into battles and God says, look, read your Bible, meditate on it, obey it. Well, why is that? It's because Joshua's success in battle will depend on his uh, spiritual success, on his reliance on God himself, because it's not Joshua who's going to lead him into the promised land. It's God himself. God will give him the land and the rest, as we see in verse 13 and 15. So back in Numbers chapter 13, 16, Moses changed his assistant's name from Hosea, which means salvation, to Joshua, Yahweh saves. Joshua becomes the first person in the Bible to be given a name that, ha that incorporates uh, the covenantal name, God's personal name, Yahweh, Yahweh saves. Because although God will use Joshua, it's God himself who will bring people into the promised land. He has promised it, and now he says, I will do it. I will do it for you. Well, what does that have to do with us? As we know, the book of Joshua is just a small part of God's unfolding plan of salvation. And the entrance to the promised land foreshadows our entrance into the new creation. And once again, if this chart seems unfamiliar, do come and join us in the Bible overview at 2.30. Uh, it'll make a lot more sense once you've heard it, um, uh, uh, have done something like that. But the reason why, if you think about why there needs to be a promised land at all, if you think about why there needs to be a promised land at all, is because of Adam and Eve. Because uh, Adam and Eve sinned and were banished from God's presence. There was no place on earth then that enjoyed God's rule and his blessings at all. And so uh, God makes a promise to Abraham that they, he will inherit a land and there God will rule and they will become a great nation. Uh, God will rule there and they will enjoy his blessings. And through them, all people on earth will be blessed. So the Israelites enter the promised land. But you see, it wasn't just supposed to be that land that enjoys God's blessings, right? That little piece of a corner of the earth, it was supposed to flow from there to every nation, every people around the world. And that's how the Bible story ends, right? Jesus comes and the story of the Bible ends with the glory of God covering the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. It looks forward to the redemption of the whole world where the whole earth will be renewed and enjoy God's rule and blessings. Entering the promised land was what God said he would accomplish in Joshua 1. 
And looking towards the end of the book, we will read in 21:45, not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed, and everyone was fulfilled. God was true to his promise. The promise made to Abraham, and God brings them into the land. But God promised more. God promised renewal of the whole earth, not just this little piece of land. The entrance into the promised land looks forward to God's people entering the kingdom of God, the new creation, the whole earth being renewed. God has promised this as well for us. And we, if, when, if God has promised it, we can be sure that God will do it. It's as good as done. There are many people, you know, in 2018, you've heard about uh, Carmen a bit, you, you, people who struggle, right? Because life is difficult in this sinful world. Chronic illness or cancer or, I mean, I had a little stomach flu and I felt like I, t- I, felt like I was dying. <laughs> Schizophrenia and Parkinson's and people who are struggling with all sorts of illness. Christians, God will bring you into a new creation where illness will be no more. There will not be any strife. There are those of us who long for justice. Maybe you've been wronged in the company. Maybe you've wronged in, been wronged in your family. Uh, some of you are working to bring justice to this world. Justice will be fulfilled. You will be filled. The days of justice are coming. All of us who struggle with our sinfulness, in ourselves battling pride and insecurity and, and lust and greed and self, uh, selfishness, The day is coming when Christ's righteousness will not just be imputed righteousness uh, that that sort of clothes us, but inwardly we will be changed. We will change completely. We will shine like stars in heaven, the Bible promises. We can't do it. We can't bring the kingdom of God here on earth by ourselves, and we're often overwhelmed by the world, by the sinfulness of the world, by the sinfulness that exists in ourselves. But God is not overwhelmed. God has a plan. And what we see in Joshua is that God will bring us to that promised land. The kingdom of God will come. He has promised it. It's as good as done. But isn't it interesting that God always uses people? His leaders. Perhaps it's because God the Father, God, God as he is, uh, is so transcendent and almighty that the world cannot handle him. I mean, we can't look at the sun because it would hurt our eyes. How would God, seeing God, be like? We would be consumed. So God works through human leaders. God works through us. And so God chose Abraham and Jacob and Moses and now Joshua. Often we read verses like verse 5 and 6 and we try to memorize them, right? They're such great verses. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. We often read verses like this and we say, this will be my verse in 2019 or something like that. And these are great promises. But if you look at the context, it's not spoken to us. It's spoken to Joshua, God's chosen leader. Verses 5 and 6 are singular. You is singular there. This passage is about how God will be with him, with Joshua, as he was with Moses. How Joshua will lead, this great leader will lead his people into the promised land. 
And I'm sure some of you might be disappointed that we can't take these verses out of context and just apply it to ourselves. But think about why God is speaking to Joshua in this way. Because his job is an impossible one. He is to bring salvation to his people. He is to bring his people into the promised land. And think about the requirements. Joshua is to be strong and courageous. He's told to be strong and courageous three times in chapter 1 because he's about to face grave oppositions and fight battles on behalf of Israel. His success, his, his courage and strength will determine whether people enter into the promised land or not. Their salvation depends on it. Would you, be in one, would you want to be in that situation? He's told to obey God's law, verse 7. Right? Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. That being prosperous and successful there has nothing to do with money but more to do with being able to succeed in the task of bringing God's people into the promised land. And God says, look, your obedience to the law will determine the success of your people, whether they will enter the promised land or not. I don't know about you, but if the fate of God's people entering the promised land rested on my obedience to the law, if all of you, your salvation rested on my shoulder uh, and obedience to the law, I'm sorry, none of you would enter. Now, this isn't about me and this isn't about us. It's about God's chosen leader, Joshua. It's him. It's through him God's people will enter the promised land. And this Joshua, of course, looks, to, looks forward to the greater Joshua, Jesus. Many of you know that Jesus is the Greek version of the Hebrew name Yeshua, Joshua. It's the same name. And Jesus is the leader. And the God's plan of salvation is the leader who will bring us into the promised land, into the new creation. And we know that Jesus meditated on God's law day and night. He was careful to obey all of it. We see Jesus growing up, debating with the rabbis. Whenever he speaks, a reference to the Bible comes out. When he's tempted by Satan in the desert, he spits out Bible verses. When he's hanging on the cross, uh, the words from Psalms come out because he meditated on it day and night and he obeyed it all of his life. He was also strong and courageous. From the very beginning till the end of his life, he courageously faced temptations. He boldly confronted religious hypocrisy and Sadducees and Pharisees. But most importantly, when the time came, he courageously went to Jerusalem. He prayed the prayers that turned his sweat into blood. He faced the agony of not just being beaten, but uh, faced the agony of being separated, feeling separated from God with the weight of the, the sins of the whole world upon his shoulders. He then descended into the place of the dead on our behalf. With strength and courage, he lived in obedience to God all of his life. He is the greater leader who will bring us into the promised land, the promised new creation. 
Friends, living in this world, sinful world, with our sinful hearts is difficult. Many of us know, if we are honest, we're neither courageous or uh, strong often. Maybe you've succumbed to pressures in your workplace, have done things that you're not proud of. Maybe in your family, as a husband and a wife, you failed. Perhaps you're at breaking point of your faith because you don't think you can go on anymore. Walk in faith. Go on as God's disciple. And if that's you today, we're really glad that you're here because be comforted. God has raised up a mighty warrior who will carry you into the new creation. You don't have to be that leader. You don't have to have done all these things perfectly because he has done it for you, the great Yeshua. He has won these victories for you. And as you remain in him, as you follow him, he will bring you into the promised land. He will bring you into the new creation when he comes back. So trust him. So God says he will do it. And then he provides his son of Joshua and then his son to bring us uh, people, uh, one who will be courageous and bold and who will obey God's word. But then Joshua, knowing this, knowing that God will do it, knowing that God will do it through him, he then stands in front of the officers and the people in verse 10 and commanded them to go and get ready for battle. And there he includes the Reubenites and the, uh, the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. These were uh, two and a half tribes who inherited their land transjordan, across from Jordan. And so they already got their promised land and they don't need to go in anymore. They were tempted once to sit back and not go with the rest of the people into battle across the Jordan River. And Joshua says to them, no, you are to help them in the battle to come. Verse 15, until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you, until they too have taken possession of the land, the Lord your God is giving them. Giving them. Joshua says, no, you are one united people. You go to these battles together in much the same way. The church, God's people, needs to be united together as we live our Christian lives here on earth. We need to be caring for one another until the day that we enter, we all enter the new creation. This is why God has brought you to the church. This is why God has brought me here because God isn't interested in saving little individuals who live individual lives. God's interested in creating a new community, new God's people who will enter uh, 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 through Christ Jesus. We are brothers and sisters and we are to fight these spiritual battles together until he comes back. I wonder why you come, why you come to church each Sunday. And I wonder if you uh, have come today, this morning, and looked around to see if maybe who's not here. I wonder if you worry for brothers and sisters who don't come, who you think are maybe backsliding, who are losing faith, who are struggling with their life and their uh, faith. Have you ever met somebody in the church? Have you reached out to anyone uh, who are not coming to church? Look at the words of Joshua to his people in verse 14. You are to help them 
We are brothers and sisters. We, are, we fight our spiritual battles together. I wonder if you're also aware of the needs of the church. The children in Kingdom Kids are our, our kids. The youth in Solid Rock are our youth. The ministries of our church are our ministries. The needs of the church are our needs. We'll have another baptism in January 20th. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And I, ha- I have told those people who are getting baptized in, the, in their preparation that when they do get baptized, church, all of you will commit to them and say this, that they will do, you will do all in, uh, we will do all in our power to support them in their life in Christ. At the end of baptism, we say, we, are, we welcome you into the Lord's family. We are members together of the body of Christ. We are the children of the same Heavenly Father. We are inheritors together of the kingdom of God. We welcome you. I hope we're ready to do that, to be God's family, to, to act as God's family, to be aware of each other to urge one another on forward as we fight these spiritual battles because we are not alone. We shouldn't be alone. None of of us should be alone. I think this also has tremendous implications for evangelism as well. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they left their homes. They left their wives and their children and their land to help their brothers and sisters enter the kingdom of God. Let's make the effort this new year to share the good news of Jesus, those who haven't heard it, right? Um, Let's help them to enter the new creation through Christ. Let's be willing to give up our time. Maybe giving up a couple of nights a week to help uh, people who are, are searching, who are exploring the Christian faith. Spend money to give away books or host parties uh, for people to come and have fellowship with you, have a glimpse of the gospel, maybe hear the gospel from you. I know that it's hard. Uh, We have many young families here uh, with uh, little kids. I know it's hard. I know that many of you have very demanding jobs. It's very difficult. But think about what the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh did. They left their homes. They left their families because This was what's at stake. They wanted these brothers and sisters to enter the kingdom of God. And perhaps some of you, maybe some of the younger people, uh, maybe even facing retirement, maybe perhaps you might consider becoming missionaries, cross-cultural missionaries, so that those who have not heard the gospel might hear it and be included in the new creation when Jesus comes. Because, friends, God has promised a whole new world to come. It will come because he has promised it. He said it, and he will do it. And Jesus is the leader who will bring us into that new world. But when Joshua stood and, uh, and commanded his people, the people answered in verse 16, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Friends, we have a greater Joshua. And we have a greater uh, salvation. And he says to us, our Lord and Savior says to us, come and follow me. And if you have never said yes, 
Perhaps you will today. Ask Christ to come and say, I will follow you. And for the rest of us, let's once again say to our Lord, whatever you have commanded us to do, we will do, and wherever you send us, send us, we will go. And Christians, be strong and courageous as you do that, because the Lord is with you. Let's pray. Lord, we often are overwhelmed by the sinfulness of this world. Lord, we, are, we feel helpless because of sinfulness that's in our hearts. But Lord, we thank you that we don't have to bring your kingdom here, that you promise to renew this whole world, that things will not be the way that it is now. And we thank you for sending Jesus, our great leader, who will bring us into that promised land, into the new creation. Would you help us to follow you with courage and boldness and strength? Would you help us to be your people here Um, who follow you, who do whatever you say, who go wherever you command us to go. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.